It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty. A minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur. Coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into the mayor. Back to the foot. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. You're in the fall. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la mauvaise. C'est la mauvaise. Ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. pour les Canadiens. Le troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs! And all together they worked the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's gonna be sick. Good afternoon or good evening or good night, everyone. My name is Matt O'Hayan. I am the Hebrew Hammer. I am back on the Sick Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I excuse my uh, for our viewers, excuse my hair. It's a little bit of a mess. That's why I'm wearing a hat. Still can't escape it. Um where was I? I was in Seattle or the Seattle metropolitan era, Tacoma to be exact, um, for a three day festival. Then I went to Florida to get some sunshine and recoup from said three day festival. Got back here in time for my best friend in the entire world, Jonathan Weinstein, uh, for his engagement party to uh, Becky Whale. Congratulations, you two. And then uh, watch the Super Bowl here. Fast forward. It's Friday. Here we are. Uh, Okay. Enough about me. Let's take care of some business. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, who have been named by the Financial Times as one of the America's fastest growing companies in 2023 and have been recognized by the Globe and Mail as a top growing Canadian company for two years in a row. They work with some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies providing end-to-end logistics services. Uh, Join a winning team. And check out Energy's career page for available opportunities if that floats your boat. Uh, with over 30,000 feet, square feet of new gaming, dining, and entertainment space, it's time to reacquaint yourself with Playground. World-class sushi, AAA steaks, live shows, and a brand new poker floor, and just so much more. Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes away from downtown Montreal, playground experience the strip without the trip we're also brought to you by la bitta tb beer brewed in quebec a winner of international awards la bitta tb offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste la bitta tb embrace your true nature and finally of course uh accent assurance you know all insurance isn't created equal and you know where to find the right solution for you accent insurance accent doesn't sell insurance they shop insurance for you to find the right product right on the money whatever your insurance needs home auto business whatever it may be uh call the accent team today at 514-363-3636 and get the right solution at the right price visit their website at accentassurance.com okay uh i missed a lot 
uh, in the two weeks or the two episodes I wasn't here. I missed the Sean Monahan trade. I missed uh, the NHL uh, not knowing beside itself, not knowing what to do. And all the analysts all, all over national media not knowing what to do. How dare Ottawa Senators player Riley uh, Ridley Gregg take a slap shot into a net. How dare he? And then Morgan Riley standing up for his teammates after a player scored on his net. It's a craziness that I missed. But more importantly, what I really have missed was just this absolute tear uh, that Uri Slavkovsky is on. So we're going to talk about all these things uh, and more uh, with, as usual, haven't said this in a while, my usual Friday guest. He writes for the Montreal Gazette. You know him from Hockey Inside Out. He's Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette. How are you, Stu? I'm doing well, Matt. I'll apologize for my hair being a bit messy tonight also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's one you always got in your back pocket and you'll always yeah, exactly. get a laugh. You'll always get a laugh out of that one. And uh, Seattle. Seattle. I was there once with the Canadians last season. I got I only got to spend one day there, but the Habs didn't have a morning skate. They played the night before in Vancouver, mm. and what a cool city. Like, I fell you know, in love. I spent 24 hours there, and I fell in love with the city. It's just such a cool place. You know, I love the – there's a part of downtown. So I found it a little weird because the downtown, like, you 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 see a skyline of Seattle and you picture the Space Needle being right mm-hmm. in the middle of it. Yeah. Not there. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Not right, there. Right close to the arena, though, the coolest hockey rink I've yeah. ever seen in my life. Climate play. So, it's spectacular. So um, – but I loved on, like, just their main downtown core. First of all, I just think it's so cool whenever you see a massive football stadium in the mm-hmm. smack in the middle of a downtown. I think the that's baseball really stadium cool. not far away. Right, ne- right yeah. next door to it. Yeah. And um, I love the amount of breweries they have just mm-hmm. downtown. You just pop in. And it's just – I mean, it's my first time in that climate because I've never really been to the West Coast during the winter and just, man, like – I'm walking down the street. It's the beginning of February. It's plus nine or 10. And uh, I got my sunglasses on. I'm feeling good. And uh, just that's, it's a cool climate. It's just a cool vibe to it. eh? Like it's not all like McDonald's and Pizza Hut and Starbucks. Yes. Cool little places and uh, cool to walk around. And actually it's a good Netflix series. I I watched Loudermilk, which is hilarious. And it's set in Seattle and brings back memories. But it's uh, a a really cool place. Guys playing for uh, the Kraken must really enjoy living there. Yeah, and the best, uh, the best thing in my opinion about it is like how close for for a metropolitan, big metropolitan city like that, how close you are to just like wilderness because mm-hmm. you're like 20 minutes away from some really really cool hikes, some waterfalls, and stuff like that that I uh, went to visit with some friends, uh, mm-hmm. you know, before the festival restarted each day. So uh, really cool. And then hey, what can we say about Florida? It's Florida. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, so the Montreal Canadiens. I remember, I remember leaving see. Florida one year One year with the Canadiens. I walked the beach in Fort Lauderdale the morning of my flight. It was 27 degrees. I flew home. And when I got off the plane in Montreal, it was minus 22. That's a classic. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a classic. You know, yeah. I didn't have that so bad. Mm-hmm. Like I, I got on the plane. It was about 25 degrees. I landed here. I mean, hey, you can't really complain if you're in positive degrees in yeah. February. So it was about five degrees. It was fine. I've landed in way worse uh, temperatures. So uh, the vacation was all good. But uh, guys who were not on vacation, other than the all-star break, of course, uh, were the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, that means also you, because as they go, you go. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, what you 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 can start better than I can. Just your Slavkovsky. What a turnaround this guy has had. It's, you know, compared to this time last year, it's been remarkable. Even earlier this season, I wrote a call. Yeah, that's right. In November, saying that they got to send him to Laval. Like this kid's just not ready to play in the NHL. He was losing puck battles in his own zone. He was making blind passes. He seemed to have no confidence. He wouldn't shoot the puck. And wow, watching him now to then. It's the improvement is just remarkable. And kudos to Marty St. Louis and Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon. You know, I thought he needed to go to the AHL. They thought differently, uh, looking like they were right. Um, it's taken some time, and Marty St. Louis has been so patient with him. And St. Louis said no, numerous times that Slavkowski's a sponge, like he wants to learn. And, you know, when I was writing that I thought he should go down, and people were saying, oh, you hate him. I, I, Slavkowski, you, you cannot not like Uri Slavkowski. 
He's such a likable kid and a fun kid to be around, but he was really struggling as a 19-year-old, not shockingly in the NHL, but the way he has improved over the last month or so, especially the last couple of weeks, wow. Like the You know, athletes always talk about how important confidence is, and he's got a lot of confidence now. He's all, Not that he never had it, but he was maybe doubting himself a bit in the NHL. Can I really play here? Am I ready? He's starting to look like a guy who knows now that he can play, not only play in the NHL, but he can – pretty dominant. I mean, that line, that number one line now has just been fantastic. And Nick Suzuki's point production is going up because Caulfield and Selkowski are playing better. So that line, sorry, Suzuki's the oldest guy at 24 years old. What a bright future ahead for this as a number one line for the Canadians for many years to come. And, you know, there will be some bumps along the road even before the end of this season for Slavkovsky. You know, he had struggled a little bit there when St. Louis took him off the number one line for a couple of games before the Monaghan trade. That was probably a good thing. You maybe realized, you know, this we're not going to hand this to you. We're not going to just put you on the number one line and leave you there forever if you don't not doing what we want you to do. And if they were trying to send a message, he got it. And he's shooting the puck more now. There was one opportunity he had last night where he didn't shoot, and I was watching on TV. I said, "Man, you're I shoot the puck." And then after that, he shot like not too long after, and he scored. So that shot is so good, and uh, he's got to use it more. But for a kid in the NHL. It's, I think it's just natural to want to look to pass to the veteran guys, especially if you're playing with Cole Caulfield. But the more he starts shooting the puck, the more it's going to help not only him score goals, it's going to help Cole Caulfield also because the defense won't be focusing so much on him and realize that Suzuki has two wingers that have really good shots and can put the puck in the net. The thing I love the most about – obviously, there's a lot to love about the production right now. And what we're going to talk about confidence. Uh, we're going to get back to that point soon. But what I love the most about it is just like you look at him on this point streak. And like as you tweeted uh, last night, you know, I wish he would shoot. That's mm-hmm. why I'm always saying shoot yeah. the puck more because he's got a wicked shot. Well, yeah, and he gets it away so quick. That goal he scored last night, he pulled it back and he just fired it. Goalie wasn't well, ready. So – so with exception of one game during his point streak where he had no shots, he's had least had two in each game. Mm-hmm. And that's a good building block because that that's something that I noticed. Like everyone was tweeting, you know, you could look at what he's on pace for for the season. I think it's 44 points now. Um, you could look, uh, you know, 18 goals, which, hey, for a 19-year-old kid, that's I'll take 18 goals from him. I'm pretty sure before the season, mm-hmm. we both said, you know, 20 goals, success, yeah. Yeah. success season yeah. um, for your Slavkovsky. So it's all, it's all pointing. Well, it's just, I, I want to see that shot shot total, you know, like that's uh he's on well, pace for 120 ish shots. You got to get that up to 200. Well, that tweet I put last night when I said, shoot the puck, your eye. And somebody responded, well, at least he's not selfish like Cole Caulfield and always shoots. I'm like, he has to be selfish. He's <laughs> selfish. That's how goal scorers are selfish. They shoot the puck. And now, mm-hmm. as I said, Suzuki, who's a great playmaker, has two guys who can shoot the puck. And, you know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. He's he's a good player maker also, Slavkovsky, and you don't want to take that away. And Cole Caulfield's a great playmaker also. I mean, he's been underestimated. He's a ton of assists this season. But you're right, shoot the puck. Be a little selfish. Mm-hmm. Shoot the puck. If he get anytime he gets the puck in a dangerous scoring area, he's gotta shoot. Even if it's a three on one or a two on one, if he has a puck and he's in a shooting area, shoot. The word the goalie saves it, a good chance you're gonna get a rebound also. I mean, he had last night, I think it was a three-on-two. He tried to pass. They didn't even get a shot off. Anybody, mm-hmm. shoot the puck, you're right. I mean, like, if there's any hesitation in your mind what I should do, shoot it. 
And it's it's amazing. So let's talk about confidence. Let's talk about confidence. Um, because you know, the lots of stories coming down, and you know, a lot of people in the media, like there's this there's this account on uh Twitter, it's bad habs takes, starting to retweet a lot of these bad uh these now seemingly bad mm-hmm. takes on Yuri Slavkovsky from the moment he was drafted till now. And I mean, credit to a lot of media members, and you said it, and that's what sparked it in my head. It's like you said it. You've been clamoring. You've 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 like hammered him a couple times. Arpin Bass, who just wrote a, a great piece in the Athletic, he even included the article where yeah. he wrote. He said, including me, I slammed him. Yeah. Read the comments. They slammed him too, and it's just that's got to take an effect on someone. But by the same account, like what a job by Kent Hughes, Martin Saint Louis, and Jeff Gordon keeping his confidence levels high because like believing in a kid like that, while all this noise is happening around you, yeah. that's got to mean a lot. That's yeah, really got to mean something. And as Arpin said, I mean, people, a lot of people think, don't think I understand the jobs that myself and Arpin and Eric Engels and the other columnists, like we're not there to be fans. Like I'm paid to give my opinion. If a guy's playing well, I write he's playing well. If a guy's playing poorly, I write he's playing poorly. And there's times in a season that just about every player, those things happen. You know, as I say, people think, oh, you don't like Slavkowski. I like Slavkowski. There's, there's maybe a handful of players I can think of in the years I've been covering the Canadians that I didn't like for one reason or another. But I never let it mm-hmm. impact the way I wrote about what they did on the ice. Um, so for Slavkowski, the confidence thing, he one of the reasons the Canadians drafted him is because he's so confident. And they figured he could handle the pressure in this market. And man, oh, man, has he handled this. It's incredible for a 19-year-old how he has handled everything thrown at him. Coming to a new country, new language, smaller arena, uh, the pressure in Montreal. Like if you're a number one pick in Carolina or Arizona, it's not like being the number one pick in Montreal, right? Right from day one at the Bell Center when they selected him. But he's never lost his smile. He's never he still he's having fun coming to the rink. He's happy. He's as I say, he's a nice kid. It's impossible not to like Uri Slavkowski. Just a really likable guy. But those are reasons why. The Canadians drafted him, not just because of his physical abilities, his size, his hockey playing ability. They thought that he could handle everything that comes with playing with the Montreal Canadiens. And a lot of players can't. I mean, Jonathan Drouin, the latest example, mm-hmm. right? The pressure got to him. He, you know, he had anxiety. He couldn't sleep. And it's it's a lot. You know, you can't go anywhere in this city. You're a you can't go anywhere without being recognized, right? Cole Caulfield. That's a lot, especially on a 19, 20, 21-year-old, 22-year-old kid. That's a lot to handle. It's a lot for a 35-year-old person to handle. I'm 60. That would be a lot for me to handle. Everywhere you go, you go out for your wife with dinner and you're always being stopped. It's it's a lot. So uh, he's handled it really, really well. And it just shows how Kent Hughes and Gordon and the scouting staff did their homework before. And they realized that Yuri Slavkovsky was a player who could handle everything in Montreal. And now, a year from now, if he's struggling and not scoring again, uh, I'll be writing that he's playing poorly. Or, and we'll be sitting here talking about how poorly he's playing. But as of now, it looks like you know, Marty St. Louis has said several times this season, you know, progression sort of goes, and he compared, he had a great line. He said, mm-hmm. it's like a ways, right? Like they have a ways on Selkowski, and he might get detoured, and he might come back, and he might get delayed, and he might, but eventually he's going to get there. And right now, there's very little reason to believe he's not going to get there. Like it's the question is, where is there? Is it a 30 goal scorer? Is it a 35 goal scorer? Is it more of a playmaker? But right now, he's on a path that. You know, I see and fancy and everybody sees why the Canadian scouting staff and management team decided this was the right guy to take with the number one overall pick. And, you know, just as a side note, it's funny you mentioned, I don't know if this was uh, intentional because it's the only two teams playing tonight, but you said it's different being a to being a player on a first overall pick on Carolina or mm-hmm. on Arizona. There is the NBA is on its uh, has entered its all star break. The NHL, carte blanche. You know, the floor is yours. You're the only sports league going on. What do they do for a Friday night marquee game? Carolina, Arizona, strapped into uh, – that's the only game tonight, the only game, and it's on NHL Network, which very few people subscribe to. Crazy. It's Good work. It's really, it, it really um, is. It's a great point. So Great it's point. it's just funny because you mentioned those two yeah. teams. So yeah. I was like, I don't know if you said that because you yeah, it would be a good night to have uh, Boston play Montreal or another original six rivalry or Connor Bedard playing or something, right? <laughs> you would think. Yeah. You would think. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, it, it it's just 
it's funny that you say like it would be a lot for anyone to of course it'd be a lot for anyone to handle and it's funny because my girlfriend asked me a question the other night and it kind of got and what you said got me thinking it's like she asked me if you could be for five years any celebrity you want who would it be Hmm. and like I, i i mentioned like she was i was like who do you think i would say she goes joe burrow easy i go no He's too famous. I don't want to. It's too much. I can't deal with that. You know, not being able to like go to the bathroom at a restaurant without being harassed. You know, like the the thing though, the thing with that, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, yeah, and a lot of places in the States, but he can probably go to Mexico or somewhere and nobody knows. Oh, yeah. Right. And that's when then you get to Taylor Swift territory where people, they can't go anywhere in the world. No without being recognized like that's that's like you know that's that's every anywhere these people go you know movie stars and big music stars you know prince before he died uh bruce springsteen like people like they can't go anywhere in the world without being recognized like that's got to be like there's no escape right unless you put on a disguise or something and then when you go out well so the thing is and you got to think because like habs fans forget that they're everywhere but really north america they are everywhere like you yeah. can find yeah. a big contingent in any city so like yeah, can't use it told me about that, like being in an airport in nashville or somewhere and yeah some Canadian, hey, you can't use or being on vacation yeah <laughs> yeah so it's got to feel like sometimes that you are that's your world because mm-hmm. there's no escape in the no. you can't go to europe in the middle of the regular season mm-hmm. so for call it 180 days of the year yeah. probably more you are going to get recognized anywhere yeah. you go. Just you're running on that assumption. It's a lot for anyone to handle, uh, let alone a 19. Like I'm 27. There's no chance I can handle that. Like I would hate that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, and your wife or girlfriend or whoever, whoever you're with, your partner, when you go out for dinner, you can't like, you're always gonna, there's always going to be people on you, right? You can't, you know, you can't just go have like a quiet dinner uh, in a corner somewhere and, and not be bothered. And it's, it's, and I remember I, well, the other part of that, I remember being at a golf tournament. I might have told you this story before. Uh, there was a Quebec Hall of Fame tournament. I was sitting with Yvonne Cornway at the table. And during the dinner, he must have got stopped 10 times by people asking for an autograph or a picture. And he was so gracious and polite with all of them and really nice. And I asked him, you know, near the end of the dinner, I said, does that ever bother you? You know, that you, he says, you know what's going to bother me? When nobody wants my autograph anymore. <laughs> That's another way of looking at it. You know, you yeah. got, and there's, there's pressure in that that comes with it. But they also, to hear that from Yvonne Cornway, a guy who, for how many 50 years of his life or whatever he hasn't been able to go anywhere in montreal without being recognized and he's handled it uh graciously and well and uh now speaking with nick suzuki i wrote a column on him this week talking about that you know how he handles the off-ice stuff the on-ice stuff and everything that comes with being a captain you know he's saying in the during the season he tries to limit like the charity stuff and whatnot he does Mm -hmm. um so he can focus on the game but he said in the summer he enjoys it like he's stayed here the last two summers he's recognized everywhere he's been i've seen uh suzuki out at like talking at schools or out in public and that and uh uh he handles fans with a lot of class he really does it well he's, he seems to be uh uh really good at handling that spotlight and the young guys in this team they all seem to be able to they, they, it's like they want to be here you know jack is like the spotlight and and, and you know caden Gooley's a little bit less recognizable and a little more quiet but they don't seem to they don't seem to mind it as much which is really good for this team moving forward because in the past, you know, there was a lot of guys who didn't want to play here for that reason, mm-hmm. or that was one of the reasons anyway. Um, so let, let's go back to, you mentioned him. We're going to talk about him for sure. We're going to talk about the trio because you mentioned them as a trio of Suzuki, Caulfield, and Slavkovsky. And it's just to go back to that and to, to Slavkovsky's credit, he's such an important player for that trio mm-hmm. because him having that, like now finding his offensive touch um it just opens so many doors for that line like wow like you know the nhl for the most part works on duos and you know it's very rare that you get a trio the, the you know i can name two off the top of my head and one of them isn't even a trio anymore because patrice bergeron isn't in boston anymore mm-hmm. so uh you know it, it works in duos and just to have a trio that where it just opens so many doors. And I feel like that's why there's so much production coming out of that line right now, because 
teams just don't know who to look at and who to, you know, maybe gravitate towards when they're covering. Cause you know, Suzuki, he's got the shot in his, in his back pocket on top of being a score on top of being a, uh, a passer. And then uh, you have Uri Slavkowski. He has a wicked shot, but he could also dish the puck. Cole Caulfield, his numbers are up in assists. There's just so much that they could do. Yeah. When, when was the last time the Canadians had a real number one line? And like the as I said, the oldest guy in this line is 24 years old. I mean, I could tell you, I could tell you the last time. Well, I'll tell you. I, okay, go ahead. They, they were the best line in hockey until the playoffs hit. It was David DeHarnay. Here, wait. Let's get my thumb. Let's Max get the Pacioretty. Max Pacioretty and Thomas Vanek. That yeah. was the best line in hockey for like a good three month stretch. Playoffs hit. Stopped. It's and like then, they hit a concrete wall. They had those two guys with Radulov at one point too, if I'm not mistaken, which was not a bad line. But mm-hmm. um, David Dayer, and I no knock on David Dayer, I mean, what a story he was just getting the NHL. But he wasn't a number one NHL center. No. And it says a lot about Max Pacioretty that he scored 30 goals every year with David Dayer and I, as a center. But I think you need to go back to like Lafleur, Shut, and Lemaire or Mahavlich. Like, like seriously, I'm not. I'm not saying these three guys are going to be. Yeah, no, I, I hear gamers, you. But that's the last time I remember the Canadians having. This is your number one line, and it's going to be your like number one, one that line stuck, line. like one that was consistently was just, there. And like, yeah. you look now. I mean, Nick's under Nick and uh, Suzuki and Coffee are both under contract for seven, eight years. And Slavkovsky, I'm sure they'll sign them long term. That this could be your number one line for the next seven years, six, seven years. And, and as I said. In seven years, Nick Suzuki's going to be 31, and Caulfield's uh, going to be 29, and Slavkovsky's going to be 26. So it's, I mean, this just could be – this could be – it could mean – it could become one of the dominant lines in the NHL. And and if you're in a rebuilding phase, building your number one line is a pretty good stepping stone towards getting there, right? And now they have all these you know draft picks coming up. There's some young prospects coming up. I wrote a column this week saying, you know, a rebuild, I think you got to look at a five-year plan. You know, you used to be talking about Mark Berger. This is year two. This hmm. is year two. So you got a number one line that looks in place already. You got a power play that's doing a lot better right now. Goaltending, Sam Monto had a rough game last night, but it looks like, you know, he could be your number one guy going forward with whoever's going to be the backup. Uh, they got a lot of young defensemen. So there's a there's reason for hope in year two of a rebuild. And as I said, it's, it takes it, it took a long time for the Canes to get as bad as they were. And it's going to take time to fix those problems. You know, they're still saddled with some contracts. You know, Brennan Gallagher, is, I don't think you're going to be able to move that deal. <coughs> Excuse me. Yoel Armia, I don't think you're going to be able to move him. Josh Anderson, like, has been a shadow of himself this season. That's another one. Um, but there's also um, – all teams have <coughs> – Excuse me. All teams have contracts like that. But the Canadians have – there's a lot of reason for hope in year two. Year two of a rebuild. Hmm. And uh, just uh, I just jotted it down. I think this was the line. Um, this is when the Canadians went. Uh, they got first place in the Eastern Conference, I believe. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they were the number one seed. They played against Boston, beat them in seven. Forget who they lost to that year. This is the 2008 year. I forget who they lost to in the second round. Anyways, um, that team uh, had a had a first line. Like they had a legit first line. Center Thomas Plekanec. Yeah. Left wing was Andre Kostitsin or right wing, and then the other winger Alex Kovalev. Like that was the last time. Yeah. The Canadians had a point per game player. They, they lost a Philly in the second round. There you go. Yeah. So that was also like, but yeah. again, that was just one, two seasons. This isn't yeah. like. Yeah, this is like I said. This is law term. These guys are going to be together for a long time. Yeah. So that's that's just got to be really exciting. And they also, they, the other important thing is the three of them really like each other off the ice. Like Suzuki and Caulfield, they've been buddies since mm. the day Caulfield was drafted. And Slavkovsky and Caulfield, Slavkovsky was talking the other day about, you know, him and Caulfield joke around. They've, they have similar type personalities. Like they're both funny. They both have good sense of humor. They both laugh a lot. Nick's more of the serious guy, you know, in the middle. And, uh, but you see them on the bench talking together. And, and Slavkovsky spoke recently about how it makes it so much easier playing with guys when you're actually friends away from the ice, too. You know, you're hanging out in the hotel room together on the road, you're talking 
not just hockey, but other things, but also hockey, you know, and um, so it's a real good, it's a real good combination with these three guys as a number one line moving forward. And it's also just as another thing, you know, this is on a, uh, on a, you know, I've had experience working with my actual friends too. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you can communicate very effectively with some, like so clear with someone that you are actually friends with. Cause like, You could see it's kind of like how, you know, like in the Super Bowl, that famous picture of Travis Kelsey screaming at Andy Reid. I'm not going to say Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid are friends, but they've been doing this together for a long time. That that's how they communicate. Well, it's easier to tell your friend on the bench, come on, buddy, pick it up. Let's go. You're slacking off. Then it is some guy that you're not friends with or you're intimidated by or an older veteran or something like that. So there are three guys that can, you know, get on each other if they're not performing up uh, up to where they're supposed to be. Exactly. Um, let's uh, move on to something that was a, it's been a pretty, like we've been taught, I feel like we've been, ta- we're, we're on top of a lot of stuff, you and I, Stu. Like I gotta, I gotta throw us our, some flowers for us <laughs> in that, you know, we, you said, uh, I asked you the question at Christmas time, if Nick Suzuki uh, had a New Year's resolution, what would it be? And you said, point per finish game. with 80, point per game. Yeah. He's, he's getting there. He's not quite he's, on pace, but he's getting he's, there. But the way he's going, the last few games, he's on pace to, ahead of that. And, exactly. You know, Ken Hughes' midseason news conference, when I asked him about, you know, the importance of having a point-per-game player, and he said at the time, you know, if Nick Suzuki was playing in Boston now, he'd be a point-per-game player. The line mates he'd have there. If he was playing in Tampa with Kutra, he'd be, he'd be a point-per-game player. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, now that Slavkovsky and Caulfield are picking it up, He's a point-per-game player. And the way things are going now, I'd be surprised if he doesn't finish the season with at least 82 points, if not more. Um, that you know, He can't do it alone as a centerman. Uh, but when both of his wingers are going, and they're both going pretty good right now, he's going to pick up the points. And, and as you said, the other thing with Suzuki, he's known as the playmaker, but he can shoot the puck too. And uh, so you got three guys in that line. They're all good playmakers, all have good shots. Caulfield has an elite level shot, and Slavkovsky, I think, is developing what could become an elite level shot. He's been working on it a lot uh, before practices recently with Adam Nicholas and uh, Dr. Shot. I can't remember. Is it Tucker, I think, his last name? Uh, the guy is sort of a longtime shooting guru who's worked with different NHL players. And before practices, we've seen Slavkovsky on the ice working. So, as I said earlier, Marty St. Louis, one of the things I like about Slavkovsky, he's a sponge, and he wants to learn, and he wants to put in the work, and he wants to get better. And he wants to be a star player in the NHL. He wants to be, you know, he wants to be a superstar. And whether he gets there or not, we'll see. But again, for a 19-year-old kid playing in the NHL, what he's been doing the last 10 games, 20 games has been really, really impressive. And surprising. You- what, surprising, to be honest, from what he was doing earlier at the, at the start of the season. You know, I, it's it's funny because you, like Suzuki if he hits that point per game, cause right now he's on pace for 79 points. Mm-hmm. If he hits that point per game, he will surely reach 30 goals. Almost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cole Caulfield. He's on pace for 29. Also, mm-hmm. he could also have 30. Yeah. The reason why that's significant is because the last time the Montreal Canadians had this is I'm looking at it right now. I just want to see if I could get it right to get the year right. Yeah, the last time the Montreal Canadiens had two 30 goal scorers in the same season was Alex Galchenyuk and Max Pacioretty in 2015-2016. Wow. That's a significant thing. Yeah. That's very and you know what it's funny because I thought be, before I saw that and I just had and I found it I found it on a whim. Mm-hmm. Before, off the top of my head, I was going to say the last time that happened was Max Pacioretty and Eric Cole. That's yeah. how long ago I thought yeah. it was. I know. I mean, so offense has that's been a, bit, yeah, that's a very been a significant problem, thing. especially from the forwards for this team for so long. For so long. Mm-hmm. The last 40 so, was Vinny Danfus. There you go. So, yeah. uh, you know, Pacioretty got to 40 one year, but it didn't. If you combine playoffs yeah. and yeah. Uh, if you combine both, but but if, if Patrick had that's not the Nick, way the history books go down. No, but if Patrick <laughs> had Nick Suzuki as a center, he would have scored 40 goals. And again, not knocking David there because he did the best he could in that position and he was a good little hockey player, and uh, but he was not a legitimate number one NHL. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No. Um, so just a lot of positives coming for the Canadians. And it's funny because I just remember doing an exercise like this. Uh, you know, it was after the Canadians, uh, it was this off season. They signed Josh Anderson and it was like, wow, Brandon Gallagher could score 30 goals. Uh, yeah. Max Pacioretty could score 30 goals. This guy could score 30 goals. That guy could score. And it's like not everyone can score 30 goals. Yeah. That's not how it works. Yeah. So not every, two season. Of those go- not every exactly. season. Again, that's why I think Max Pacioretty was so underrated. He had 30 goals. I can't remember how many years in a row. It was like five years in a row or something on a team that wasn't very good without a real number one center. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, listen. Yeah, people could say what he would wa- say what they want about uh, his playoff uh, performances. I, I would take Pacioretty on my team. Uh, you know, back in his prime, any day. And when you only have one guy on a team that can score in a playoff series, it's pretty easy to. If you only have to shut down one point, guy, yeah. Why don't you start yeah. pointing the fingers? Hey, yeah. why don't you pick up the yeah. pace? Well, no, I mean, you can just you know. We just need to shut him down and we'll win. There's nobody else exactly. in the court. So you just focus on shutting him down. Exactly. So um, let, let's talk about a uh, – like, listen, I, I tweeted I tweeted it out earlier in the week. This is another thing I think we deserve flowers for because we've talked about it um, before it really blew up this week because, uh, you know, that segment on, on TSN and on the SICK podcast mm-hmm. um, where Trevor – Craig Button said Trevor Zegras – the best place for him to be, where the best fit is Montreal. We've spoken about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget because we haven't spoken about it at length, you and I. Um, I forget which side of the argument you are on, but well, uh, I, I think he'd be he fits right into that twenty. I think he's twenty three, Zegers. He's right in that yeah. age group yep. where Kent Hughes is trying to build this team. You know, he's trying to get guys. He's accumulating all these draft picks, but he's not going to use them all. You know, mm-hmm. look at the guys he's got. But you know, Kirby Doc, Alex Newhook, and Zegras fits right into that category. I mean, he's they would have if they were able to get him, they would have four guys from the first 16 picks in that 2019 draft. The year that mm-hmm. uh, Kolkov, there four guys from that draft they would have in the top 16 would be with the Canadians. So he he at the age and also the friendship with Cole Caulfield. Him, they've been buddy. They were teammates on that under uh, U.S. development team. Uh, mm-hmm. They were together here last summer. Zegers came here for the Grand Prix. Um, so buddies and, and yeah, and it just and they need they need forwards who can score. So uh, it'll be interesting to see because the Canadians, you know, they have with all the draft picks they have and all the prospects they have and the young defensemen they have, they could put together quite an attractive package i would think to anaheim that would maybe allow them to to get zegras here and and listen i don't know what anaheim is looking for mm-hmm. um what i've read from what i've read it's that uh they have uh you know they have like uh, you we know this on forwards obviously it's easy yeah. to say about forwards um they have very deep prospect pool at forwards um defense Again, I don't know any of these names that I was looking at, but uh, they have that young Russian defenseman that's on their team right now. Uh, he made a return to the lineup against the Canadians. I'm going to butcher his last name if I try, so I'm not going to. Um, and uh, Olin Zellweger, from the everyone knows him from the World Juniors uh, last year. And... Uh, you know, they traded away Jamie Drysdale, which has got to mean, you know, you got good defensive prospects. So, like, there's no real holes anywhere, but they're a bad team. 
Yeah. <laughs> so oh. they need something. They, they that, need something. Their compete level the other day at the Bell Center was the worst I think I've ever seen at the Bell Center. That, that I can't remember a team coming in and just mailing it in like that until the end when they started deciding they were, all of a sudden they were going to fight. Um, right. But the other thing was Zegris that would – I think make him attractive to Kent Hughes and Montreal management is what we were talking about before with Slavkovsky, how he's able to handle the spotlight here. I don't know Zegris, but he, from what I've read and seen, he seems like a kid who enjoys the spotlight and wouldn't mind playing mm-hmm. Montreal with everything that comes with it. He obviously knows or has an idea what it's like from hanging around with Cole Caulfield at the Grand Prix and being here in the summertime and I'm sure seeing the way fans react to Caulfield. And I think he's one of those guys who might uh, enjoy that rather than playing in Anaheim where you can probably – go wherever he wants and nobody knows who he is. Um, so that's another thing to factor into it is it, it's playing in Montreal is different than playing almost anywhere else in the NHL when it comes to this, the, the media pressure or spotlight, the not being able to go anywhere without getting recognized, all that stuff. So Zegers again, in that age group, seems like a guy who can handle the spotlight, can offensive forward, something the Canadians really need. And uh, we've talked about the first line, now you start thinking, okay, who's the second line now? If they were to get Zegras, like how do you now you're building a second line, right? It's 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 uh, it'd be really interesting if Kent Hughes could pull off that trade. I think the Canadiens fan base would be incredibly excited. So it's funny you say that. Just that last part. It's just there's a segment of the fan base. I don't know how big it is because you know how these things work. The people who are vocal about things, yeah, they're the ones like the people who are negative. They're the vocal ones. Yeah, so. It's just I'm seeing so much of just like people who are so vehemently against the Canadians trying to acquire Trevor Zegras. And it's like I can't for the life of me figure out why. Okay, he's got defensive shortcomings. That's not what you're paying him for. Um, yeah. And you're right about the, the people. I mean, I remember going back to my days as a sports editor and there was a younger reporter who was getting upset because of – negative emails or comments and bothering them. And I said, for every one negative thing you receive, there's 20 people out there who like what you wrote, but they just don't. Yeah. They won't read. Out. They just read and go, that was good. No, I enjoyed that, but they don't go, but it's the other ones, the trolls or the people who are, you know, banging at their keyboards. You suck. And that's sucking. You're yeah, right. Yeah. So I remember that someone saying, just if, if they buy the comments, by that much, don't read them. Like just don't read them. And if you do read them, just remember that for every one negative comment you get, there's probably 20 people out there or more who liked what you wrote and just, you know, they're not, they read it, they go, that was good. That's the end of it, you know? You know, and it's just, so for me, you know, I look at a player like that and it's just how a player's, how about this? I'm not even going to ask the question of how often does a player like that become, like literally never, never does a player of that talent level become available. Yeah. Now, let's draft. That's that you get. You get those players in the draft. Yeah. It's so, really- the, and it's funny because the thing that I hear a lot is, oh, "He's too small. He's too small." And it's like, is six feet tall the new small? Like I remember when Canadians fans were like, "Oh, we have too many guys under six feet. We have too yeah. many guys under six feet." And now this guy is six feet. Like, yeah. would it make you feel better if, like? Listen, you know, they say uh, some people will argue size matters. Some people argue size doesn't matter. Two inches. Uh, You know, like if he was 6'2", does that make you feel better? Like just because there's a zero on the end? Like, you know what I mean? I just like he's 6'185", so he's not a big heavy guy. But I mean, the the NHL has changed. I mean, size is still important, I think, especially in the playoffs. Uh, But skill, you know, if you're – no, you can't – Ken Hughes had a great line when he first came in his GM. He said, we're not going to have nine guys who are five foot eight. You know, <laughs> not going to win with a team like that. But when you have yeah. a six foot, 185 pound guy who's incredibly talented, I'll take those guys. I'll take six of those guys. You know, or and nine of it, those guys. Is, is it inconceivable uh, to, you know, because he was on, this player was on the market. Again, I'm not going to compare their skill levels, even though I, I think it's pretty fair, especially the first few seasons. Um, is that like you look at a guy like Jack Eichel who was on the market 62203 th- now mm-hmm. but uh you know he had fit- Zegers actually outscored him in his first two seasons in the NHL um 
I'm looking now, he was almost point per game his second year. But all this to say is like, if if the Canadians back when he was on the market were going fishing for Jack Eichel, like, is something you would say, oh, you know, you did. I don't want him anywhere near my team. This guy can't play defense. Like, look what he did in the playoffs last year. Like, why are you talking about defense? But you go back a few years, who or what would the Canes have had to offer for a guy like Eichel? Now now they have. Now they have. I mean, as I've written many times, you know, Ken Hughes is two probably best qualities he has as a gym are patience and just asset management. Just picking up all these pieces, getting an extra pick with every trade or getting a prospect thrown in or getting something else thrown in. And, you know, they, I think it's 23 picks over the next two drafts. They're not two, two first rounders, you know, each year. Mm-hmm. Expect that the later pick in the first round each year is going to get traded. Trying to get the Trevor's egress type player or that 23, 22, 20. They, he likes, Hughes really likes the proven commodity more than, and by the proof of coin, I mean a 22, 23-year-old guy like Alex Newhook or Kirby Doc, that they know the talent they have, they know what they can do, maybe not in the best where the team they were with, it wasn't working out for one reason or another. You know, Kirby Doc had a lot of injuries in Chicago. Alex Newhook had a limit, Alex Newhook had a limited role in Colorado. You get those guys, you bring them to a fresh start, you put them, give them more responsibility, you bump them up in the lineup, and you hope they become the players that they were expected to become when they were drafted. So that's why, you know, I I'm I, I'm not a gambling guy, but I would bet that Ken Hughes is going to trade that second round, the second first round pick, probably both years, and package them or whatever. And now they have things that they could package. They could put together, like I said, what I think would be a pretty, pretty appealing package for Zegers, whether it's some young prospects, whether they're forwards or and or defensemen, first round draft picks. They have two second round draft picks next year too. There's a, they've got a lot of, he's got a lot of assets that he can package together to get that type of player. Whereas a few years ago, the Canadians couldn't have even put together a package a team would even look at, I don't think, for a Trevor Zegers type player. Exactly. The only thing I would say that the Canadians don't really have to give, you could correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, as a, you know, I'm talking as a centerpiece in a, in a package, mm-hmm. is if the main piece Anaheim wanted was, an NHL ready prospect level forward, yeah. like someone who could step into the lineup like tomorrow. Cause like, obviously there's, there's Joshua Roy, but that's not a centerpiece to no. a Trevor's degrees. No, you know, like that's forget about that. That, that would be the only thing I think that they don't have to, to give. Basically. Yeah. But I mean, they do have, I'm not going to say they're going to trade David Reinbacker or Lane Hudson, but they also have those two guys. Oh, they you got know? they got defensemen coming out the wazoo, yeah, like exactly. like, I mean, they got, like good ones. Like, <laughs> would they be willing to trade one of those two guys in a, in a deal to get Zegers? Maybe. You know, they've got lots of options. Like I said, Ken Hughes can put together a few different type of packages depending on what it is that Anaheim's looking for. And, and it just really goes back to like I I – if it's really the majority of the fan base that like doesn't want him, I just don't understand what you want from this team because the team is bereft of offensive talent. Yeah. Like they cannot, uh, you know, as obviously lately they could, but like they're still losing a ton of games. Well, one line team so, right now, right? The, the first line. Exactly. As I think it was Arpin had a great line. He says, right now the Canes, have, they put the first line on, hope they can score. And then the next three lines, they just hope they survive until you can get the first line back on the ice again. And, and it's funny because for a big part of the fan base, uh, as long as it's a new thing, as long as Yuri Slavkovsky finds his way onto the score sheet, the result of the game doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it's like we're back, we're back to like, okay, Slavkovsky, yeah. you score a goal, rest of the Canadians lose the game. Yeah. You know, you like scored, we're back field scored, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and then the rest of the game doesn't matter. Yeah. So, like, if that's where we're back, but, but in a way, that's a good thing in year two of a rebuild. No, I agree. The fans understand that this team isn't built to win now. They don't have, you know, they don't have the depth or the skill to win. But when you're 19 year old and you're 22 year olds and you're 23 year olds and uh, Jaden Struble, I mean, what a surprise this kid's been coming in and proving that he's an, an NHL defenseman. Um, as I said before, there's a lot of reason for optimism moving forward. 
uh, with this team with the rebuild. But you're right. I mean, in a way, the, the FAC fans are getting excited, even though they lose 7-2 or whatever it was, 7-4. And yeah. the first line played well. Fans are, And that's a good thing. The fans are okay. The rest of it, we're, the rest of it, they're going to work on fixing. But the number one line now, we have a number one line. That's something, and that is something fans should celebrate in year two of a rebuild. And but so here, here's the flip side of it. Like this is why Canadians fans, among many reasons, like just down to the very basic, why you should want a player like Trevor Zegers is, we mentioned two guys. Like if the Canadians yeah. lose seven to four, mm-hmm. uh, and here are your goal scores. Jake Evans, with all due respect to these guys, uh, Jake Evans, Yoel Armia, and Jonathan Kovacevic, because he's like the yeah. new Gretzky yeah. of uh, yeah. blue, but like defenseman. And he's and, a Knuckles. He's a, he's a Knuckles Island uh, reincarnated now too, it seems. Well, that's it. There you go. So like those two guys and like I can't even name another player off the top of my – like, uh, okay, Brandon Gignac. Like if they lose seven to four and those four players are your goal scorers – yeah, you are so livid with the yeah. with the performance that was put up. We only two players are exciting. The Canadians, of course, Nick Suzuki is going to excite yeah. players, people. But uh, I think people get more excited about the production off of Slavkovsky and Caulfield. Um, you know, if it's only three guys you're excited about, that team's not going to go very far yeah. next year either. No. Well, you should uh, want more players to be. I mean, about I'd that. be. I mean, a lot can change in the off season. I mean, if they had Zegras or whatever other trades they make, a lot can change between now and next season. I, mean, I don't. Yeah, of course. Canes, I don't expect the Canes to make the playoffs next season either. In year three of, or mm-hmm. I think they're at least another full season away. Year four of a rebuild, I think. Now you should be getting into the starting playoffs. to push, and then yeah. year five, get into the playoffs and be able to be able to do some damage or win a series or two, and you know. Mark Burr's ready to say once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. Um, but the way I said for year two, to have a first line in place, to have so many young defensemen in place, to have so many draft picks coming up, it's a pretty good job, I think, that Kent Hughes has done and, and Jeff Gorton and Marty St. Louis since they took over. A hundred percent. And it's really like if you're a Canadians fan right now, uh, you could really – I don't see – how you could be happier if you're a well-rounded, well-grounded. Well, if, if you're patient, and, and a lot of Habs fans aren't patient, and you hear older Habs fans saying, you know, it used to be the Stanley Cup or nothing. Yeah. Yeah, there used to be six teams in the NHL. <laughs> you know, I think the Canes won 14 of their 24 Stanley Cups when it was a six-team league. And, and the players like go. Seven of the other ones when there was, uh, you know, in this, after expansion, they, they played the best of the expansion teams in the Stanley Cup final and kicked their butts. Uh, there was no salary cap. I mean, we were saying talking before about Lemaire Lafleur shut. You could never have that. You know, you could keep that line for a couple of years. The salary Until cap. Until someone's and, up and then throwing Serge Devard, Gila Point, and Larry Robinson on the point, and oh, Ken Dryden in goal. Like you got eight <laughs> million dollar players, right, right there. So it's, uh, I mean, it's a it, it's a thirty two team league. There's a salary cap. Just making the playoffs really is an accomplishment in today's NHL. Um, so for fans, and some of the fans that are are impatient or frustrated or the same fans that were yelling rebuild rebuild tank yeah, exactly oh, they tanked and now they're rebuilding and that takes more than two years <laughs> you know, but, but, and it also just goes to like for that segment of the family it's like had the canadians gotten first overall last year connor bedard yeah. that would he is not a magic wand that would no, have fixed all the issues I, mean, I know he's been hurt but even with him in the lineup they were terrible yeah, exactly. But like, that's not like put put Connor Bedard on the Montreal Canadiens right now. They're not making the playoffs. No. Like, there are so many deeper yeah. issues with yeah. the roster than um than what like than just saying like saying like oh why can't they make the playoffs? They had first overall and they they suck every year now. Yeah, look know, at the Rangers last night. The depth they have on offense. Oh that's man, such what a, a team! Team. I mean, they can throw three lines out there that can score, uh, and that's and that's. That's a good team. That's the sign of a good team. As you say, Connor Bedard, you know, Connor, as I said, when Chicago was in town with Connor Bedard, he's a great player, but Chicago's terrible with or without Connor yeah. Bedard. They're worse without him, but they're not very good with him. Yeah. And uh, just to t- just to touch on that Rangers team, listen, Canadians fans, Jeff Gordon's got his fingerprints all over that team. So, yeah. Just, oh, yes. Just, that, was that was his rebuild. That was his This is his. 
the rebuild that he started and when he got fired, it was, well, when he got fired. It was an impatient owner. Yeah. I mean, no, well, they, and there was like issue. Was, there was also like issues there, like yeah. some fighting behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, the owner is one of those owners that with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, gets too involved, you know, instead of just letting his yeah, hockey exactly. people do their jobs and gets too emotional. Uh, but you're absolutely correct. That's the New York Rangers, the team that Jeff Gorton started the rebuild with. And that's one of the reasons he got the job here. Because they realized mm-hmm. it was a similar situation the Canadians were in, and when when uh, Jeff Molson signed off on going full rebuild, and um, NHL head office and Gary Bettman also recommended Jeff Gordon. They thought he would be a good guy for for the job, and the NHL wants their original six teams to do well, right? It's good for business. And mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Gordon was brought in here and with a long range plan, and you know it goes go back to the golf tournament last September when he wouldn't even say the word playoffs. And do you want the Canadians to make the playoffs in year two of a rebuild? And losing the first round and not get a top five or six pick in the draft, probably not. If you're looking at the big picture, the looking down the road, and that's why they traded Sean Monahan and didn't wait until the trade deadline. Like, would they have a better chance of squeezing into the playoffs this year with Jet, with uh, Sean Monahan? Of course they would, but mm-hmm. they got rid of him because they're they're not they're not looking at that. They're not looking at the, maybe we squeeze into the playoffs and and maybe went around. They're looking at they wanted and they've said it right from day one. We want a team that can compete. Every year, where getting in the playoffs is all, is a given, and it's what are we going to do after? Like what the Boston Bruins are like, uh, you know, the Bruins are good every year. They lose guys, Patrick Bergeron leaves. It doesn't matter. They they keep winning. That's that's the type type, type of team that the Canadians are looking to build here. Mm, yeah, and you know what? The, it's just a matter of just staying patient because, like, mm-hmm. you're starting to see things bloom a little bit if you're a mm-hmm. Canadians fan. So just like it's rough it's rough out there yeah. like i but hey listen at least at least remember two years ago you were flipping on a canadians game dreading you the next three hours of your life yeah or if they went down two would... nothing, yeah you went down to nothing in the first period you switch the channel see what's on netflix or you turn the tv off uh, uh or whatever there you know there's there's as I said, there's reason for hope, and they're fun to watch on most nights. You know, they have some bad exactly. games, but they, they compete, they play hard under Marty St. Louis, and it's, as I said, uh, rebuilds. Uh, as I said, a f- I think the five-year plan uh, is a, a, a good benchmark for how long it takes for a rebuild to kick in, and even there's no guarantee it's going to work after year five either. Lots of things can happen. You know, look at what's gone on in Buffalo and places like that where they be seem to be rebuilding forever, and they just can't get over that hump. Buffalo, Ottawa, yeah. it's just like a, a lot of play. Hey, listen, at least uh, Detroit is starting to uh, mm-hmm. turn a corner, which is always nice to see. It's like it, it, it felt weird seeing Detroit like be bad for so long because like yeah. I grew up, I grew up, I was born right smack like watching hockey smack in the middle of them making the playoffs like every single year. Like clockwork, they just make it every year. There was also a period where there's a period when they're fifty wins every year, fifty wins making it into the playoffs every single year. There was another period when they were known as the dead things, (laughs) (laughs) and they were brutal for a long time. Also, well, those days were back for a very long time after Datsuk and Zetterberg left. Those days were back in full force. Yeah, and that's the Um, other thing. Well, sort of the the end run of a, a, we're going to see this in Tampa eventually, right? Their star players are all getting up there at some point. They're going to go the other way. Same thing happened in Chicago, right? They won cups with Taze and those guys and Kane, mm-hmm. and it went down. You know, at some point with the Canadians, Suzuki and Caulfield and Slavkovsky are going to get older, and uh, you know that's 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 the way sports go. But they're built. That's why with this rebuild, that's why it's so important that 22, 23, 24 year old age bracket that Kent Hughes is really focusing on getting as many guys as he can in that age group, and then surround them with veterans like Mike Matheson and guys like that uh, to to help them along as they go to rebuild and Jake Allen, you know, he's been a real, whatever happens to Jake Allen one way or the other, he's struggling this year. His fingerprints will be all over this rebuild because he's a really respected guy in the locker room. He has a lot to do with how Samuel Montembeau 
has progressed. Jake Allen's a great teammate. He's a really good guy, and he's a great teammate. And he's known all along. Like, he's he's told me, I'm not going to be here when this rebuild gets to where it was, but I'm going to follow it because I feel like I was part of, you know, part of getting this started here. And he's very true. And David Savard's another guy like that. Sean Monaghan's another guy like that. They brought in a lot of good veterans who are good people to help with this rebuild as it moves forward. And their fingerprints are going to be on this rebuild just as much as Kent Hughes and, and Jeff Gordon and Marty St. Louis once, if or when it gets to the point where they are in the playoffs every year and they're competitive. And, you know, we're talking about rebuilds. It's like, I don't know if the Canadians are done or not, but hey, uh, we're not just like they've already traded their big piece, but you never know. We're, we're, we're exactly three weeks away from the trade deadline. Yeah. Maybe Kent Hughes gets a 24th pick in the next two drafts, a 25th maybe. So, uh, you know, because you mentioned David Savard, there's a lot of uh, – there's still a lot to be done for the Canadians, but at least from an asset management perspective, I don't think Canadians have to worry that, like, you have, like, this golden nugget that mm-hmm. a lot of teams want, that it's going to be – that situation will be bungled because yeah. – like, I'm not sure what David Savard is going to be worth at the trade deadline. I don't know if he's a first-round pick guy, but you know, Ben Schrock got them a first-round pick. Um, you never know. You David never Savard, know. Be, I mean, Tampa Bay went and got him, and they won the Stanley Cup with him, right? And he, he was a, played a, you know, not going to say a key role, but he played. You know, he was a solid defender. Yeah. David Savard is a good guy to have in the playoffs. Kill penalties, block shots, physical style. Um, like, what might they get? What might he get offered for him? No, that's uh, – do, do they add another first-round pick uh, or second-round pick if they're willing to give up on David Savard? I mean, I don't – I think there's part of the Canadian manager that would like to keep David Savard around for another year as the father figure for this young defense. But it's going to depend on what uh, what Ken Hughes gets offered. And at this point, I'm not you – know, teams get desperate, right, at the trade deadline. That's uh, it. July 1st and the trade deadline are when some of the worst moves in the NHL are made because GMs are desperate. And they panic and they, they give up more than maybe they I mean Ben Schrott's a perfect example. You know, they gave up a first round pick and played the rest of that season in Florida and he was gone, went to Detroit. And uh, just another, I was just thinking like another thing, talk about first round picks. Uh, the, the other first round pick the Canadians have next year are the Calgary Flames, who, listen, there's a million different conditions on this pick. I don't really understand mm-hmm. it. All I know is that they have their first round pick next year. Yeah. And you got two first round picks for Sean Monahan, which is talk about asset management. You get two first round picks for one guy. That's also, not good. just about that first round pick from Calgary. First of all, they got that first round pick like to acquire Sean Monahan, yeah. which is just please, the best. Please take him and his salary, and we'll also give you a first round pick. Yeah. Now flip on TSN for about I don't know the first ten minutes of a Sports Center segment, and when they're not talk, still talking about uh, Ridley Gregg shooting a puck into an empty net. Um, when they're not talking about that, they're talking Trade Center. They got their they got their trade bait board. The first three players on that trade bait board are members of the Calgary Flames organization. That right. that Calgary pick can very well be significantly higher than the Canadians pick next year. So you're in good, you we're, we're, Canadians, asset, you're in asset good shape. Patience and asset management. It's, and as I've said several times being on with you, it's, you can disagree with the moves that Kent Hughes makes, but when he explains them, you can understand the reasoning behind them. Mm-hmm. And as I said, earlier, we started off the show, I was saying earlier in the season, you know, I thought Uri Slavkowski shouldn't be in the NHL. I thought he had to, they should send him to Laval. He wasn't ready to play. They thought differently. They were patient. They stuck with it, and you know they were right. No, I was wrong. He's he's blossoming now uh, after going through the growing pains and and looking. I mean, he looked for anybody who's an honest Canadians fan. Yurosovkowski looked like he did not belong in the NHL earlier this mm-hmm. season. He he looked lost out there, and it, almost at a point where you almost felt bad for him. Like this isn't fair to let the kid keep, you know trying to keep his head above water just to, to survive and say, I can't, it may have been Craig button who said, you know, you don't, you can't play in a league where you're just trying to survive. 
If you're just hanging on and trying just to survive, you need to go down. So when you come back up, you're not drowned. You're not like, you know, you're not just trying to survive. You're actually playing. And at the earlier the season, Slavkowski looked like he was just trying to survive. And now he's playing and he's playing really well. And uh, hey, here's to that continuing because it's it's awesome to see. Like he has one of like the most, it you know, like everyone said, like uh, Cole Caulfield has an infectious personality, mm-hmm. infectious yeah. smile. Like I love seeing Uri Slavkovsky smile because yeah. he's just like this giant on the ice. And he just like, he has like just a big mouth. So like when he smiles, it's like he could probably scream so loud. He's a big guy. He's got a big personality. As I said, I mean, I, I really like the kid. He's he's fun to be around. He's funny. He's really good with the media with his time. And, uh, you know, he's thoughtful in his answers. And uh, he's funny. And he's able to poke fun at himself, too. Um, all the reasons I mentioned before that make him able to survive in this very bright spotlight in Montreal. He, he's, he enjoys it. And he looks like he's going to thrive in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he will. I think he will too. And uh, it's only better, like we said, uh, for uh, for well, really everyone in the Canadians organization, but really Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. Yeah, well, uh, twenty nine games or whatever it is left. Uh, um, it's something to look forward to, right? Well, yep. If you're Canadians, man, whether they win or lose, just watching this first line grow together. And hopefully Sapkowski gain more confidence as the season goes on. That's that's worth paying attention to, whether they win or lose or whatever happens the rest of the way. So I think that's a, a, a reason to keep Habs fans interested and uh, watching games and looking forward to what the future is going to bring for this team. And that's been that was a problem last year, just as we wrap up. Uh, that was a problem last year because after the trade deadline, it was like, I don't really care. Like, I don't care anymore. Like, what are we going to talk about now? Um, now you can see, like, there's there's tons of things to talk about. There's tons of things to, like, look forward to. And there's tons, tons of things to watch. That, yeah, that's the battle, not, that's the battle on the blue line with all these young guys, like, who's going to be a healthy scratch? You know, I mean, when Jordan Harris is back healthy, who sits out? Is it Jacka? Is it Kovacevic? Is it Harris? Is a real – that's another thing to watch. Just uh, Jaden Struble. You know, he had that one bad game. Uh, against St. Louis, and he bounced right back. So that's mm-hmm. to me; those are the two things. You know, that number one line, the power play, being I mean, since Alex Newhook came back and was put in that bumper spot. Boy, this power play has looked really good, really good. So that's another thing. So those are things that going forward, Habs fans can look forward to watching and paying attention to, and and hoping uh, um, they can improve. And you know, maybe hopefully at the trade deadline, Kent Hughes solves the three-headed monster goalie situation. And, uh, mm-hmm. You see, Sam Mountain will play more down the down the stretch, and also Caden Primo. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of things for Habs fans to um, be excited about for the rest of this season and moving forward into year three of the rebuild next season. And it continues tomorrow night when the Canadians play the Washington Capitals at home, where the Canadians still very bad for some reason. Doesn't make yeah. much sense. I mean, they're they're not, they're not a good team, but it's just weird. But Anyways, Mike Patrick will be back. Oh, there you go, Max Pacioretty coming back to town. That's a, that's a, that's actually going to be a cool thing. I hope he gets a lot of cheers. He should, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, Come on, I mean, yeah. Jonathan Drouin got cheers. He's going to get yeah. cheers. Um, there you go, Stu. Thank you very much for joining me, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, enjoy your weekend. That was Stu Cowan. I'm Matt O'Han. We'll catch you next time. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.